Welcome everybody to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast, the week eight review edition. If you are unaware, we've gone to three times per week. This episode where we review our weekly lineups and try to discern some lessons to take away from the week and talk about the showdown slate for Monday night, then obviously the Thursday rundown and then the update to that rundown on Saturday. So pretty cool, three days a week. Fansharesports.com keeps us humming. Uh, so visit our sponsor, join over there. Awesome content and an unbelievable ownership tool that they have created over the last few years that is almost always spot on. You know, they take the pulse of the industry, see who's being touted up, and, and then attach a buzz rating and ownership projection to those players. And they're usually not very far off uh, great website. Go check it out. Fansharesports.com. Quick story before we get into the NFL lineup review. So Friday, I get a notification that I was invited to one of my buddies' private NBA leagues. Whatever, ten bucks, twenty people in it, no big deal. Uh, so I mash a few buttons, get an NBA lineup in there, and then obviously I'm not just going to create that lineup and play it in a league where I can only win a hundred bucks or whatever it was so I entered it into a GPP and nearly took it down uh Manuel Moutier hit a bucket in like the last minute to knock me into second but still pretty big payday my biggest payday in NBA ever and I'm not really an NBA player at least until February so that was kind of exciting start to the weekend if I led this podcast this ride in NFL DFS podcast with the fact that I hit an NBA GPP that tells you how my NFL week went I feel like I was on all the right plays um, but just didn't get them into my cash lineup and where I really went wrong was at wide receiver and the two weeks that I've gotten that I've lost money the two weeks where I just my cash lineup stunk it up it's been at the wide receiver spot um so that is my Achilles heel uh, when I lose, obviously. So I ran two lineups this week, something I never like to do. Um, one lineup actually cashed, one didn't. However, I don't consider that a winning week. And we'll get into that in a second because you kind of just eat the rake on all those head-to-heads that you, that you lost. Every lineup had Deshaun Watson. I thought he was pretty safe bet. I thought that game was going to shoot out. I don't think I need to go into why Deshaun Watson was a good play. 50% of the people in all those contests thought so too. Um, Leonard Fournette and Latavius Murray were in both lineups. And then I kept my wide receivers the same. And I think that's probably where I should have changed some guys out. Um, I went with Cortland Sutton. I thought without Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Pierre Desir was out for the Colts. I thought that he was going to uh, really crush or at least have a chance at, you know, 20 DK points. I went with Corey Davis. I kind of got enamored with what I saw last week with Tannehill slinging the ball around and him feeding Corey Davis. Obviously, that was a mistake. 
and then I went with Kenny Stills. I wanted to bake a little upside into my lineup uh, without Will Fuller. Last week, Kenny Stills went over 100 yards, so I, that was a, a recency bias kind of, you know, did me in this week. I played two wide receivers that I, I liked what I saw last week, and, and obviously we know that that's not something that we should be putting too much stake in uh, what happened last week, especially when it was the first week that both of them really did much. And then uh, I played the Jaguars defense in both lineups. Um, I was actually trying to get off them, but it ended up that I had 3K and two and 2.9K left in both lineups, so I just plugged those in. Um, the switch, the 2v2 that I did make that helped me salvage the week in the lineup that cashed uh, was I had Christian McCaffrey and Jonu Smith in one lineup and Chris Carson and Hunter Henry in the other. So obviously the Carson and Henry lineup didn't make it through. The McCaffrey and Jonu Smith lineup got it done. Still don't consider it. Uh, a break-even week, though, just based on the fact that, you know, you paid rank in those head-to-heads. Not great. Had one GPP team cash. I only make about five to eight GPP teams. I'm not a guy that's scripting 150 lineups. That's not my thing. I'd rather play five or eight um, lineups in a little bit higher stake than drop down in stakes and try to jam in 150 lineups. So that was it. Um, Christian McCaffrey is matchup proof at this point, I think. Some of the other things that I thought, uh, I mean, I, I, three very thin wide receiver plays. Um, Cortland Sutton, you know, he's, he hasn't, he doesn't really have the ability to, to smash. And I even liked the Colts defense this week, so that was kind of a, a thin play. He really hasn't shown much of a ceiling this year. Um, as far as going over 100 yards and multiple scores or anything like that. So that was kind of a thin play. And then, like I said, Corey Davis and Kenny Stills coming off good weeks, but not no, no sustained success for them. Um, so that was just a, those were just really thin plays. I think what I should have done was played some of my even cheaper guys that I liked. Um, you know, like... Alex Erickson, Demarius Thomas, guys that I wrote up in my 4 for 4 article as good cheap plays and then use that 2 or 3K savings off of Cortland Sutton and Kenny Stills to kind of get up to at least a decent high-priced receiver like Cooper Cup or Chris Godwin. That would have really made the lineup a smash. Um, but I think my mistake this week was playing three thin wide receivers uh, it's okay to, you know, because you have to drop down into that four and three k range, that wide receiver and cash to get up to wide, to to get up to the running backs that you want to roster. Um, but I think there is definitely some merit to paying down at quarterback and paying down at maybe just one or two even wide receiver spots, and then trying to get at some safety at one of the other wide receiver spots. And the other thing I think I did wrong was pay up for Deshaun Watson. I loved Ryan Tannehill. I loved Matt Stafford. And both of those guys would have probably 
allowed, allotted me the salary to to get up to Cooper Cup or Michael Thomas, which is what I probably would have done if that was the case. So, uh, you know, a small net loss on the week, I'll take it. Uh, we were on a pretty good heater there for a while. The other thing that I was thinking about as I saw my two cash lineups cannibalize each other was if I'm ever going to run two cash lineups again, which probably won't be the case, but if you are someone who runs multiple cash lineups, I think taking two different approaches um, might be the key. One is to allot a bigger percentage of your bankroll to one of the lineups, so the lineup that you like the best, your optimal lineup, maybe gets 67% of your cash bankroll, and then the second lineup that you make, the 2v2 or 3v3 swap that you make, gets 33% of your bankroll, just to ensure you that you have a chance uh, at a profit if one cashes and one doesn't. Right, so I'm sitting there with 50% of my bankroll in each lineup, knowing that the one lineup was pretty much dead after 4:30, and the one lineup was pretty much good to go. So I just kind of knew that I was uh, breaking even in cash on the day. Kind of a weird feeling. The other option I think you can uh, partake in is making three cash lineups. So in that instance, you have a chance at going two for three. And even if you go one for three, it's kind of like having that 67-33 lineup split as well. Uh, and I'm not saying to triple your, your bankroll here in cash. You're playing the same amount of money, but you're splitting it between either two lineups with one having a, a higher percentage of your bankroll or three lineups evenly split. And that way you're at least giving yourself a chance at profit, right? I think going two lineups and splitting it 50-50 is the wrong way to go. Um, having a little bit more equity in one lineup or having a chance at going two for three with three lineups makes a lot more sense to me in hindsight. Okay, on to the showdown slate. What an awful slate it is. I mean, we have... Miami just going full tank mode, not even bringing their best offensive player with them. Kenyon Drake staying at home on the trade block. Just nut low spot here for the Dolphins traveling up to Pittsburgh. A little bit cooler, Heinz Field coming off a bye. It just has Pittsburgh in a, in a route written all over it. And when that's the case... Um, the only Dolphins players that I will be looking at. And I think we could get a little contrarian here. So last week it kind of worked out. Two of the four ideas to get contrarian were actually in the optimal lineup last week that I mentioned, Demarius Thomas and both Patriots running backs, I believe is uh, what was in the optimal lineup. So that two of four isn't bad. And when I make these recommendations, obviously I say this every week, you know, you're not putting all four contrarian ideas into one lineup, right? You only need one, maybe two, um, to get contrarian. So this week, I think there's three offensive players on the Dolphins that could potentially sneak into the optimal lineup. Alan Hearns, who um, his snaps are building up, 
he saw a decent amount of targets last week, and he's only, I believe, $200 uh, in the showdown slate on DraftKings this week. So, I mean, obviously, when you slot him in, you could pretty much do anything else you want uh, in the other four slots. So that is a huge plus. And if he catches, you know, two passes for 40 yards, we'll take six points. Um, but hopefully he maybe lucks into a, into the box or goes, you know, four for 50, and then it's party time. Um, and the other, I think for Ryan Fitzpatrick, despite the fact that I like the Steelers' defense and I think it's going to be a route, there is a possibility where the Dolphins play fairly well. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers have not been great against the quarterback. You know, they are bottom, at least bottom half of the league, I'm pretty sure, uh, at allowing fantasy points to the quarterback. We know Ryan Fitzpatrick is mobile. He can get some yards with his legs, and he's been known to have boomer bust games. So I can see him, you know, turning in a, a pretty solid fantasy day here. The only issue is he is pretty priced up. But in some lineups, Ryan Fitzpatrick could definitely be an option. Uh, I think Mark Walton is going to be popular, but, you know, at, at his salary and the fact that Kenyon Drake will not be in attendance, he very well could be necessary. And then I think the other thing we can do to get a little weird is play someone unconventional in the captain slot, like Mark Walton. Um, maybe like a Chris Boswell, despite the fact that Heinz Field is not kind to kickers. I think that's something that is okay. I mean, Chris Boswell is definitely playable. Um, and Deontay Johnson, I think we could play in the captain. I really don't think that the winner tonight is going to have James Conner in the captain. He's a ton of salary, way too much salary. And, you know, when you slot him in there, he's almost impossible uh, to make a solid lineup around. So I think whoever wins tonight is going to be a little bit weird in the captain, you know, with a Deontay Johnson or a Pittsburgh defense or um, a Mark Walton, uh, a Ma something along those lines. I also think that uh, Mike Sicky is a decent play, and all these guys are, you know, dart throws. You're not putting them in every lineup if you're making 20 40, 60, 150, whatever it is. Uh, but those are definitely my thoughts. I think I'm going to take a stab in a few lineups with Ryan Fitzpatrick and his pass catchers, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. I think they're going to be popular. Uh, but then we could go off the page a little bit with a guy like Alan Hearns or even Albert Wilson or Mike Kosicki. And then I'm going to try to get weird in the captain slot with Deontay Johnson or Mark Walton. And that's about it. I mean, obviously, you're going to rotate the core guys around them, Rudolph, Connor, uh, Juju. But this tonight is a is a funky slate. You know, there's like three guys that have a ceiling of over 20 points, and then everybody else is just pretty trash. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see how we uh, the optimal lineup plays out. All right, so that will do it for the Week 8 NFL DFS lineup review. Hope you guys all cashed in week eight. Mine was a so-so week, not great. NBA kind of helped me out on Friday. Uh, but we'll be looking to get back at it in week nine. Look out for the rundown on Thursday. 
and then the update on Saturday. Appreciate everybody listening. Like, comment, rate, I don't know, whatever you guys do these days on the podcast platforms that you listen to. We'll see you in a couple days.